You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. Welcome to Scribblers Radio. Young podcasters interviewing authors at the Scribblers Festival 2021. My name is Sarah Tout, mentor to the young podcasters, and in this episode, because of an emergency involving a hockey stick and one of our podcasters, I step in as interviewer to speak with storyteller Glenn Swift. A staple of the Scribblers Festival and author of picture book The Ghost in the Bell Tower, perhaps you spotted him in full safari suit exploring, roaming and telling stories across the family weekend. We begin with Glenn describing his role in Scribblers Festival. I have been part of Scribblers for this is my this I've, since the beginning, and they and I'm a storyteller. Uh, that's my thing. I'm a storyteller. Accidentally, I'm an author because I have one book in print, and that's because I was kept getting invited to lit festivals and have been for many many years as a storyteller, and it seemed sensible to get at least one story into print. So I did. You did. Um, so I've been involved with Scribblers as a presenter of my storybook, but also as a storyteller and as a master of ceremonies. So um, introducing and and sort of getting young audiences, masses of young children, sort of enthusiastic about what they're um, the, the schedule, you know, the thing they're there for, the event. Yes. And today I'm storytelling at half past twelve in the big tent. I'm doing Australian animal stories, and my style of storytelling is very participative, so there'll be lots of shouting and screaming and noises. Well, I want to ask you about storytelling. What does it mean to you to tell a story? Well, curiously, I'm, I'm, it's a bit different from all lots of other sorts of storytelling in that my primary aim as a storyteller has been always simply to entertain. I mean... Educational storytelling, which is not didactic storytelling, but the educational aspect of my storytelling is simply that if my stories are engaging and memorable, then what happens is teachers tell me that they are repeated in the school, in the playground, and at assembly as items. So the stories I tell become sort of adopted as games and they take in and people apparently take it in turns to be the storyteller and to act out the bits and pieces in the story. And so I teach indirectly and my teaching is to make storytellers for, to show children that storytelling is easy. It's, well, it's not, it's simple enough if you, do what that man does mm. or have a go at it. And, it's and so n- they do. And it's natural. Quite natural. And often if I'm, if I'm in a workshoppy situation I'll, or even any audience situation, I'll start with, so who's got a joke? Because, of course, the joke, knock, knock, those are the first stories we tell as three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. And by the age of five we're going, you know, knock, knock the birds in the tree kind of thing and we're getting the idea of narrative yeah and at some point we get the idea that people are laughing that's good yes how do i explore this how do i extend this how do i amplify it i've been running workshops with the teen podcasters for the festival and i've got them to draw up a list of questions for me i want to dive into some of their questions Mm. Uh, they wonder about childhood experiences. How have your childhood experiences shaped the work you do now? My 
uh, from sitting on my mother's knee, I, from early, early memories, and just simple rhyming stuff that my mum would do um, that involved little songs and clapping and things. I remember those distinctly. Um, and I had two older sisters... So they would bring they would bring their their books home, and I can remember it must have been three or four when I was reading Two Little Rabbits Come to Tea, one for you and one for me. Dick and Dora, Fluff and Nip, and these were the, the so these materials were coming into the house, and of course, I, I suppose my older sisters were reading to me. I wouldn't be surprised, but I was certainly reading their stuff, and I could read before I got to school, absolutely. And somewhere in there came a love of reading because I was told by my mother that I was always, I just always had my nose in a book from earliest age, and I learned to love books. And fortunately, I've been able to pass it on to my daughter, who is also, eat. my daughter breathes books, eats books. Yes. She loves them. Mm. I wonder what advice you have for aspiring young writers. Oh. Now, you're almost talking to the wrong person. And I have to admit that because as a writer, I'm a very good storyteller. Um, The writing does not come naturally to me. I have to really discipline myself to write. And when it comes to and and I and I do draft because I, I Deb Deb Fitzpatrick, the fabulous YA author, um, who is lives in Fremantle as I do, I employed her as my editor, and she would she would red pen my piece and give it back to me and say now develop this da, da, change that da, da. and I do that and and then give it back to her. And so I had, I'm smart enough to seek the help of professionals, is what I'm saying. So advice to young aspiring writers is write and write. And this is any writer would tell you, and this is the advice I get. I wish I could give it personally because I don't have the discipline myself necessarily. Hence, I'm a storyteller. I can tell you stories all day. But actually getting down and writing them, that's, that's a bit trickier for me. But that I hear them say, they say, write and write and write and write and write. And look at your writing and leave it alone and then write it again and try writing it from a different point of view. And all those nice tricks you can do, which I do introduce into my storytelling because, of course, there's many ways to tell a story. And in storytelling workshops, I look at different points of view of different protagonists in the stories. Um, Advice to young writers, learn to get professional help. There's Craig Sylvie. We all know who Craig Sylvie is. Craig Sylvie had written his first book by the time he was 16. It was finished by the time he was 17. That was Rhubarb. It was published when he was 18 or 19. And that's because when he was about 14, he sent his manuscript to... Nice man in Geraldton. Why can't I remember him? Also a YA writer. It'll come to you as soon as we stop taping. Delightful man. Lytton Geraldton wrote Scooter Boy. Um, um, um. Anyway, really, and and so then he sent, because he was doing a, this nice man whose name was doing a school's workshop thing and Craig gave gave him a manuscript and he read it and said, this is great. 
keep sending me your stuff. Mm. So he mentored Craig Sylvie. And Craig, and then by the 19, Craig had his first book in print. Yes. So, absolutely. And I think we all of us have, yes, particularly English teachers, who we go, that English teacher was my favourite teacher because she encouraged me or he encouraged me. So, it's great. So, seek, seek, a, seek help. And I love that you describe the importance of mentoring and mm. that you can find that even in your English teacher or in a trusted adult. And then your own process, you've described how helpful it is to have someone else read your work, someone else edit your work, which is what all professional writers do as well. So it's that collaborative, not just keeping your stories to yourself, but working with other people. Totally, Sarah. Glenn, what is your favourite word? My favourite word? Super girlfriend. No. Um... <laughs> My favourite word, my favourite word. I can hear you scratching your chin as oh, yeah. you consider this question. Let me see. My favourite word. Um, I think my favourite word today would be podcasting. <laughs> I pod love it. Podcasting. <laughs> casting from a pod. <laughs> casting within a pod. And from our pod from which we cast today, let's uh, let's finish up by creating a story. Can I invite you to play a story-building game with me? With enormous pleasure. So I'll say a word mm -hmm. and then I'm going to get you to say a word and we're going to see if we can craft a, a small story. Yes. One. Uh. <laughs> day. Once a day. Okay. Once a day I... Once a day, I consider everything, but once a night, I consider nothing because I like to sleep, even if I have a brilliant idea in my head, I Write it down and remember to remember. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> Glenn Swift, thank you so much for joining us on Scribblers Radio. Sarah, enormous pleasure and thank you very much for the invitation. Glenn Swift on Scribblers Radio. And yes, Craig Sylvie's mentor who lives in Geraldton who wrote Scooter Boy is Glenn Parry. This interview was recorded for the Conversation Caravan at Scribblers Festival 2021. For more stories and info about the festival, head to scribblersfestival.com.au. This is R.A. Spratt and you're listening to Scribblers Radio.